But I just want to also point out that it was your festival, I think, wasn't it, Tom, in London, where Phoebe Waller-Bridge first did Fleabag? That's right. We were doing a storytelling festival and we invited four different people, I think it was, to do a, a 15 or 20 minute story given the title Chancing Your Arm. And one of the people we asked was Phoebe, who was running her own theatre company at the time. And she turned up and she did what turned into the first 15 minutes of Fleabag, the stage show. What was that like to to see? Like, I mean, oh. when you saw that, were, were you thinking this is incredible or We or were what all happened? absolutely knocked out by it. Wow. Absolutely. But been th- she was on last. I don't really know why, because she wasn't at that stage particularly more famous than anyone else who was doing it. But for some reason, she went on last. And the first three had been really good and the bar had been set appropriately high. And then she came on and from the first gag... We just couldn't believe what we were seeing and hearing. So mm. it was absolutely clear this was going to be extraordinary. So there's about 35, 40 people who can tell the story of being at that first night, <laughs> uh, of which I'm super proud to say I was one of them. It was clear that that, that was that was definitely in her and would have come out whether we'd done that or not. It's like singing but, the Beatles uh, at the Cavern Club or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm super proud to have been, maybe not even the midwife, which was really Deborah, but maybe passing the midwife a towel from time to time <laughs> at the birth of Fleabag. And just to say, Deborah is Deborah Francis White, your wife and the Indeed. amazing host of The Guilty Feminist, which you edit, don't you? I do, yes. I'm, there's, there's no one more intimately familiar with The Guilty Feminist <laughs> podcast than me. Well, I was going to say thank you for your service because I <laughs> have been to a number of shows now and was very fortunate to be on one of the Brisbane ones earlier this year before COVID. And the way it all happens when you listen to it on the podcast is very different to how it happens live. So, all of that is due to you, Tom. So that's an amazing, you know, when I edit, I'm just kind of chopping out all of the ums and the ahs with these ones. But uh, you do a huge amount of surgery. So well, there are people who do podcasts who don't even do that, where the first five minutes of the podcast is uh, we're just waiting for, for, for Joe to join. When Joe <laughs> joins, we'll be able to get going. I just think <laughs> I've been trying. I have really- a choice about which podcast I listen to. Yes. I've been trying really hard with these Bond ones to put in a lot of hours on the editing. So even though they're still, you know, an hour and a half long, they've been tightened and guff has been cut out. When we were doing the Game of Thrones ones due to time, I would just top and tail them and put them online and go, sorry if there's an extended coughing fit in the middle of this, but I have Which no there time. often was. There often was, but uh, I get very choked up about Jon Snow. Um, so that is the Phoebe Waller-Bridge claim to fame uh, for me, not not so much for Tom because he's, you know, a mature person who doesn't really, <laughs> you know, need to cling on to. I've got a friend who has a friend stories like <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the, the Phoebe Waller-Bridge bond connection too. So, you know, we're getting there. We're getting close. One day we'll get George Lazenby <laughs> on. It'll be great. We'll work up the <laughs> chain. Well, we've got to have it in with Lazenby, surely. <laughs> Our flatmate Steve Alley also uh, worked for about a week on No Time to Die as an extra. Did he? Yeah, he did. (gasps) Does he say what he was doing? Oh, yeah. He was very indiscreet. Oh. Uh, They were shooting one scene at Pinewood, and he wasn't able to tell us an awful lot about the plot. Uh, But, uh, yeah, everything he did see, he told us. Uh, And he told told us in detail about uh, the strict rules about not removing things from the set and how he circumvented them. (laughs) <laughs> really? What did you take? For him. We got I'm not going to say any more for fear of oh, getting him no. Oh, no. Well, when it comes out, we want the exclusive with <laughs> Steve. I forgot, okay. too, the other Bond connection that I have with you is that you, for a time when we came and stayed with you in London, this is Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast and I, and you were had a house guest who was Tobias Menzies. Oh, yes. Who, of course, is 
super, he's super in Casino famous Royale. now. But he was, I think, just about to come out in Casino Royale when we were staying with you at that time. Like he, it hadn't come that out. Makes sense. I think that was 2006 before it came out. Like it was just about to come out. But then, of course, he was in Rome and Game of Thrones and The Crown. He's just an outlander, of course. How's he doing? <laughs> He's, he's having a good time, I believe. Oh. It's been a while since I've seen him, but uh, yes, yeah. he's, uh, he's having a nice time. Good Lord. Anyway, this is this is what would happen. If I'd moved to London, then, you know, <laughs> maybe I'd have a very popular series with lots of Emmys. Probably London misses you, Natalie, what can I say? Sorry? London misses you. Oh, you, you tell such beautiful lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take him as I sit in my house with my cats. Mind you, I suppose we're all sitting in our houses with our cats these days. 